0: Welcome
1: back. I'm Martin Strong and coming up it's recycling and how you can make sure your old appliances and the nasty chemicals that are sometimes inside don't end up in the landfill or worse in our air or water supply. But first, here's the consumer news headlines from the past week. The Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver says housing sales were calmer last month as rising interest rates put a damper on the market. The board says the number of homes newly listed for sale climbed by 4.4% in May, while the total number of listed homes is up nearly 14% since April. That's a great sign because many are blaming the skyrocketing prices on the lack of properties for sale out there. The Composite Benchmark price for all residential properties in Vancouver was nearly $1.3 million last month, nearly 15% higher than one year ago, but down almost half a percent since April. Board Chair Daniel John says rising interest rates means buyers are taking more time to decide. And he says upward pressure on home prices has eased over the last two months, but he warns the number of home listings has to at least double before we get back to a balanced market. The waters off the coast of BC may be getting quieter with the help of cruise ships, cargo ships and a lot of other vessels that use the water. It's all to protect southern Ontar- or southern resident orcas uh, traveling through BC waters, orcas, killer whales. As the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority is expanding, uh, their underwater noise reduction plan. This year, noise reduction measures will include a shipping slowdown trial at Swiftshire Bank a known foraging area for the endangered killer whales. The area will cover 80 nautical miles of the Salish Sea. Duncan Wilson, the Vice President of Environment and External Affairs at the port, says their plan is to serve as a global example of how collaborative efforts can create quieter oceans for endangered species. Some of the transport groups that have voluntarily signed up include Carnival Cruise Lines, Costco Shipping, BC Coast Pilots, and the Canadian Coast Guard. Fingers crossed that this will help ease the sky-high gas prices we're currently paying. The OPEC oil cartel and allied producing countries will boost production in July and August. And that decision by OPEC will help restore the cuts to production that they made during the height of the pandemic. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency has recalled uh, several flavors of supposedly dairy-free frozen bars sold here in BC, along with uh, Yukon, Alberta, and other parts of Canada. A news release from the agency says, mini Lalo variety pack frozen bars and Rico and Lalo coconut chocolate frozen bars may actually contain milk and sulfites, even though it says they don't. And anyone with an allergy to milk or a sensitivity to sulfites could suffer a serious or life-threatening reaction if they eat the bars. And the agency says one reaction has been reported. The producers are distributed by Eclectic Food Services Incorporated. And the recall says uh, either just throw them out or take them back to the store where you bought them. And now here's an impressive parking fine: A Russian cargo plane stranded at Toronto's Pearson Airport is racking up more than $1,000 a day in parking fees. The plane has been parked at Pearson since February 27th, when it delivered a shipment of COVID-19 rapid tests. Hours after it got there, Transport Minister Omar Algebra announced that Canada was closing its airspace to all Russian aircraft. A spokesperson for the airport says the plane is subject to the standard parking rate for as long as it remains on the property, and it looks like it's not going anywhere for a while. This is Vancouver Consumer, and when we come back, everything you wanted to know about recycling your old appliances, but were afraid to ask. That's next. Welcome back. It is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and Appliances... We go through a lot of them and they contain all sorts of things that we want to keep out of the landfill and out of the environment. Plus, you might be surprised at how much of the stuff we're throwing away when it comes to appliances is actually recyclable. Mar M-A-R-R. It stands for Major Appliance Recycling Roundtable. It's a not-for-profit stewardship agency created to deal with all the household appliances we throw away in BC and there's a lot of them and you can find them online at marbc.ca and every year the organization mar plays a huge role in keeping stuff out of our landfill mar has a number of certified collection sites that accept discarded appliances and we'll talk about that amongst uh, many other things because with me right now is michael Zarbel, executive director of Mar. How are you, Michael?
0: Hey, I'm doing great, Martin. How are you doing?
1: Excellent. Um, and I just love I love the fact that Mar has the word round table in the, in their name. It just sounds cool to me. That's <laughs> a major appliance <laughs> for recycling round Because when I think of a round table I think of people wearing uh, you know, like knights. We're the costumes. knights
0: Yeah, we're the knights in shining armor of recycling there, making sure all your white goods get recycled. So, you know, that's uh Cool name. It's probably because it's a it's a conglomerate or a an organization that's put together by various producers and you know made up of retailers and manufacturers of large appliances. So you know they work in conjunction together uh, to support this program and to make it work.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so first of all, I'll give you a broad question. Um, mm-hmm. Why why is it important? That we recycle appliances as opposed to just toss them into the landfill
0: well, you know the most important part of it is that they're a resource you know the, those large appliances are made of metal predominantly, and uh, there's there's the tin and the metal that the body of the appliances are made of, and then there's copper wiring and aluminum in there as well, and those materials are are highly valuable and they're completely reusable and recyclable and you know, it's a lot better for the environment to reuse metal than to extract new metal out of the ground. And uh, you know, it's a, it's the, the amount of energy it takes to extract and, and mine and and uh, you know, smelt the new metals is a lot harder on the environment than just getting used metal and, and recycling it. So,
1: yeah, that's interesting.
0: Uh, yeah, because yeah, we don't
1: yeah. we don't often think about that. We often think about just about the the environmental impacts. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So you know, like a lot of days, a lot of things. Today, the the thing that everyone talks about today is a circular economy. You know, in the old days, it was a linear economy where it would be like take, make, and waste. You know, and and now it's like you take the resources from from the earth, if you will, and you make products out of them, and now you recirculate them. So hence the circular economy, where you take old fridges and you take the metal and and the materials from the old fridges and turn them into new fridges. So it's a circular loop where you keep reusing the products. And, and that's kind of what all the people in the environmental industry are talking about these days is a circular economy.
1: So when it comes to recycling appliances, uh, the first thing people think about are refrigerators. And I guess, are, are refrigerators kind of the the number one thing? Are they the sort of beetles of appliances when it comes to recycling? Yeah.
0: Well, they're important. And the main reason, you know, with refrigerators, freezers and air conditioners, those type of large appliances that have refrigerant gases in them, they're more important to recycle because those gases have to be removed. Uh, The really old fridges, you know, from when I was a kid, you know, I'm in my 50s now, and the fridges that they made in the old days had uh, Freon in them. You might know that term. I believe it's a brand name of of a large company. And you know, freon is a gas that's harmful to the ozone layer. And, you know, those gases aren't being used anymore today, but we still have to recover them and make sure that they're dealt, destroyed in a proper manner. You you may remember in the 70s and 80s, you know, a lot of uh, talk going on about our ozone layer disappearing and the hole in the ozone layer. And, you know, the Montreal Protocol in the 80s banned a lot of these uh, substances, you know, these, these substances that are really harmful to the ozone layer. So we we don't use those types of refrigerants anymore, but we need to make sure that those old uh, chlorofluorocarbons, they were called, or CFCs get removed and destroyed so that they don't destroy our ozone layer.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to hear about the ozone layer because with what's going on environmentally now, with what we understand about climate change and all those things, uh, the ozone Mm -hmm. layer almost seems kind of quaint. Is that something we don't need to necessarily worry about anymore, or is it just we have other things, bigger things?
0: Oh, I think it's been shown that, uh, you know, from satellite images that the ozone, the hole in the ozone layer above the Antar- above Antarctica is actually getting smaller. So we're actually, by, you know, not using these harmful chemicals anymore, they're using them in spray paint and all kinds of stuff, right? And And we're not using them anymore. So the ozone layer is kind of, repairing itself. So now what you're hearing a lot about is, is greenhouse gases or global warming, where we're, you know, we're burning these, these carbon fuels and, and, and they're creating, uh, you know, uh, lower level ozone layer around the planet, and that's causing global warming. And so now it's about not using gases that are have a global warming potential. So, you know, again, they, they went from these CFC gases, which had a global warming potential of over 10,000, And for the last 20 or so years, we've been using a gas that's a uh, hydrochlorofluorocarbon. I know these are long words, but basically they were (laughs) like 1,800 times uh, global warming potential, more than carbon, if you will. We call it a GWP, global warming potential. And so the old gases were 10,000. The newer ones they were using were about 1,800. And now they're going to um, these, uh, gases that are basically a, a butane, like an isobutane, and their global warming potential is only three. So it's it's amazing what you know how far we've come along uh, from from you know having to destroy the uh, the ozone layer. Now we're saving that, and now we're we're, we're going after the carbon uh, you know gases that were being used, and and we're switching again. So the you know the the industry is continually trying to make appliances that are less harmful to the environment. And, you know, uh, and they're do- I think they're doing a pretty good job. And, you know, washing machines use a lot less water and electricity than they used to, as an example. Dishwashers as well. So they're making them not only not using harmful chemicals, but they're also making them more efficient as well so that they use up less resources like water and electricity.
1: We're talking to Michael Zarbel, the executive director of MAR, Major Appliance Recycling Roundtable. And uh, just one last question about Freon, uh, the Mm -hmm. gas. I'm just curious. So in the old fridges, the Freon gas is inside the mechanics of the fridge. So it's sort of sealed up. And then yes. I guess if it if it went to the landfill, the whatever the metal would degrade, and then once that opens, the the gas gets out. So, what's the process of capturing the gas? How does that work?
0: Well, right now, what they do is if you drop it off at one of the you know 200 uh, sites that Mar has in the province of BC, the uh, collectors, which are often local government uh, transfer stations or recycling depots, there's private ones as well, and. Metal recyclers, you drop your uh, refrigerated appliance off there and they put them off to the side. They don't go into the scrap metal pile until a technician comes. So we have trained technicians that uh, are certified and then they come in and they have this like vacuum machine. It's like a, it looks like a small generator and it's got hoses on it and they hook that up to the copper line. They, they have a piercing tool at the end that pierces the copper line and, it, and the vacuum sucks out all the refrigerant gases and they put it into a tank, and then those tanks are brought back uh, eventually to a facility that uh, either recycles or destroys those refrigerant gases.
1: Wow, it's kind of like Ghostbusters—the way they would yeah. get the ghosts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool that you say that. I just watched the the new Ghostbusters movie on on the plane uh, recently, and yeah, like I was looking at the, like there they, they suck the ghosts in. So yeah, a little bit different, but yeah, we suck those three on gases out of the appliances and and. And then they get destroyed. You know, so.
1: Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I just watched it too. It was surprisingly not that bad. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I came mean, <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> so, so we're we're talking about uh, recycling appliances with Michael Zarbel, the executive director of MAR, uh, which is the major appliance recycling roundtable. And if you're wondering about locations, just go to marbc.ca, and that's MAR with two R's. And you can always go to ReturnIt.ca as well. That's a group that they work with a lot. Um, so you know we've been focusing on fridges. What are some other appliances that uh, that are are big? important things to recycle
0: there's there's uh there's 17 different categories that we take uh, they range you know from your your stove your dishwasher your washer and dryer uh freezers dehumidifiers have gas refrigerant gases in them as well um, we take the stove hood above your stove uh, Built-in microwave ovens. We don't. We, there's another stewardship agency that deals with the small microwave ovens. We take the big ones. You know, like where people have them nowadays. You, the people are more and more. They're getting them built right into their cabinetry, and they're, they're more of like a large appliance. They're not the small countertop units anymore. And you know, there's water coolers as well. A lot of people don't know that we also take back like your water cooler because those have a refrigerant unit in it as well that cools your water so that you have cold water when you. Uh, fill up your water bottle. So we we take those as well.
1: Is there one, uh, it might be the water bottle thing, but is there one uh, appliance that you need to get the word out to people that they need to recycle?
0: I think the, you know, we, when we touched on it, the ones with these gas, refrigerant gases in it are probably the most important. I'd say the next uh, most important ones that people don't know about um, are like things like a stove hood or a garburator under your sink, These these type of things when people renovate their homes or tear down an old home, unfortunately sometimes they get just get thrown into the construction dumpster with all the wood and all the other materials and end up at the landfill. So we really tell people you know like if you're going to do a demo or a renovation project at your house to you know remove the large appliances and any kind of metal and try to separate it from the other materials because your you know metal is so highly recyclable that you know any metal. Especially your large appliances, it's uh, it's it's so good for the environment to recycle them, and it it just you know it it's the right thing to do. And today, people want to do the right thing, and I think they just need to know how to do it, and and that's kind of what we're what we're doing here.
1: Do you think most construction companies and contractors understand enough about recycling when they're doing this kind of demolition and renovation work?
0: I think it's becoming more and more. Uh, common knowledge now there's a lot of companies out there that actually specialize in uh, in demolishing or they call it unbuilding nowadays is, it, is the <laughs> term that you're hearing out there like they're instead of building your house they're unbuilding your house and they're and so they there's companies out there that actually do that where they'll work with the uh, demolition companies and the and the builders and they'll actually have separate bins at your construction site when you're demolishing your house or, or doing a reno, and the bins will be there, and they'll take away like, you know, whether it's paper or, or they'll separate the wood, and because a lot of the stuff can be reused rather than than going to a landfill where it just takes up space in the landfill, and our landfills are getting, um you know, more and more uh, uh, sparse, if you will. There's less and less of them in the province. So, you know, they're filling up uh, and it's really hard to open up a new landfill. Like, nobody wants one in their backyard, right? Like, it's, it, you know, right. try building a new landfill today. It's like, good luck, right? So,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, Michael Zarbel is the executive director of MAR, uh major appliance recycling roundtable. And you can go to marbc.ca. There's two R's in MAR, marbc.ca or go to returnit.ca, you can get a link there too. Um, And you can find out about recycling your appliances because, uh, I mean, it's it's not just the right thing to do, it's the thing to do. And when we come back, more about the organization and how you can make sure that uh, what shouldn't be in the landfill is not in the landfill. That's when Vancouver Consumer Continues right after this welcome back I'm Martin strong and on Vancouver consumer this afternoon we are talking about recycling and not just uh, any old recycling major appliance recycling and it's so important as we were talking about uh, the kind of gases that you get especially in older appliances it's really important that they're disposed of properly and uh, also they contain stuff that's valuable and uh, that's an important part Part of this whole recycling uh, scenario, and we're talking to Michael Zarbel. He's the executive director of MAR, which is the Major Appliance Recycling Roundtable. You can go to marbc.ca for information on uh, depots where you can uh, you can recycle your old appliances, and uh, and that's great. That because there there are these depots pretty much everywhere in the Lower Mainland,
0: right? Yeah, we have two hundred actually in the province of BC, and. A lot of them, of course, are in populated areas like uh, Vancouver and Victoria and, you know, the interior and Kelowna and places like that. Those areas pretty much have multiple sites that uh, people could drop off their appliances at. And you can find them on our website. There's a postal code locator that'll show you where the nearest site uh, is to, to your home or to your, wherever you're bringing one back from.
1: Yeah. And, and I would imagine, like you say, the populated areas, if you're in the lower mainland, it's going to be a lot easier. It's going to be very convenient. But, uh, what about in the more remote areas of BC? Because I I would imagine, uh, there's a temptation for people who live way out in the country to just dump, dump it somewhere that no one's ever going to see it. And I guess that's a bit of a concern.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I get, with my job, I get to go to a lot of beautiful parts of this province and meet with First Nations and local communities in remote areas. And nothing bothers me more than when I see like a, a stash of appliances laying around or, or one lying in the woods somewhere. And so, for me, it's like really important that we not just service populated areas, but reach out to small uh, Indigenous and First Nations communities as well. And we actually have uh, three First Nation communities that are Mar collectors. Um, they have a a recycling depot on in their uh, community and they collect large appliances and Mar gets them out of there. Cause you can imagine like, for example, Bella Bella, it's a really remote uh, coastal first nation. And, and they, you know, the only way to get stuff out of there is by barge or on the one ferry that goes in there. So Mar helps pay the cost of getting that stuff to market. It usually gets down to Port Hardy and then eventually gets barged uh, down to a metal recycler. And, so we help offset those costs. Um, you know, in in, a, in the Lower Mainland, the people that collect the large appliances, we we can, you know, the, the metal has value and it's sold as scrap metal once the gases are removed. And, you know, it's 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 profitable, if you will, where you can actually get money back for those appliances. But if you're like way up north, the transportation costs are often more than what the metal is worth. So people don't return them the metal industry guys don't want to go pick them up because it's a money-losing proposition for them. And that's where the stewardship agency has to step in and make sure that they get collected. And, and that's part of the fees that you pay when you buy a new appliance. There's a recycling fee, or we call it an administrative fee. And you'll see that on your bill when you go to a large retailer or a small retailer, you'll see a charge. And we use those funds to pay to you know, get the gases taken out, to get it collected even in remote areas. And we work with First Nations, like, we'll even if they don't have a depot on site or they don't have a, a recycling center in their community, we'll actually go and, and bring a metal bin up there and we'll tell everybody ahead of time that we're doing a collection event and they can drop off their appliances and then we'll send someone up to remove the refrigerant gases and then we'll load them up in a, in a, in a, like a large uh, 40 yard or hundred yard bin and truck them back down to like the lower mainland or to the nearest, uh, usually it, it'll in the north will go to Prince George because there's some large metal recycling companies in Prince George, and we can get it brought to there and 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 then shipped off to like a, a metal shredder uh, metal shredder and that's when and then the metal gets collected and recycled
1: that sounds like a sounds like a plan we're talking to Michael mm-hmm. Zarbel, the executive director of mar uh, which is uh the um Major Appliance Recycling Roundtable, an organization that uh, is working throughout BC to make sure that our major appliances are recycled. And you just talked about uh, remote locations and how expensive that can be, even though it's great Mm -hmm. for the environment. And there is some profit in there because there's, you know, the recycled materials are valuable. So let's talk about the funding of uh, MAR. Um, I mean, is it, how, how is it funded? How does it all work?
0: So MAR was created, uh, you know, to satisfy the requirements of the recycling regulations where the producers have to have a plan to manage the end of life of their appliances. So rather than each producer or each retailer having their own plan, they got together and created MAR and they, you know, MAR is a, a you know, registered stewardship agency a, a nonprofit uh, company that is registered, and we collect the fee, or our retailers often will collect that fee, and then they uh, submit the fees to us and then those fees are used pre- predominantly to pay for the cost like we pay for um, the removal of the gas uh, the technicians that have to do that work the you know that they have to be paid for their work um, the people who collect the appliances for us, whether it's the city of Vancouver or the city of victoria or uh, you know, the regional district of uh, Prince George, um, They we pay them to receive them, uh, collect them, count them, uh, store them until they can be shipped off to market. So all that costs it has a cost to it. You know, there's manpower and labor involved and administrative costs for them to count and track them. So we pay them uh, an administrative fee, we call it, for that work. So they we pay for the gas removal. We pay for an administrative fee for them for their work. And then the metal uh, companies come and take the metal away. And usually the the metal has enough cost to cover the transportation. And so that's kind of where how the system works. We use this market based system rather than Mar going all over the province and, and collecting every fridge and bringing them to a warehouse somewhere, which would increase our costs tremendously. We work with the the system that already existed. There already was a market-based system for the recycling of metal so you know the for example the regional district of Fraser Fort George was already collecting scrap metal and they were already selling it to a scrap metal guy and you know we kind of rather than reinventing the wheel we use that market system that was already there and we're helping the local governments with their costs because the you know the the metal may have cost covered the cost to get, the, to get it to market, but it didn't cover all their administrative costs and the cost of removing the gas. And that's where Mar comes in and, and we can keep our fees low by doing that. Like, you know, we don't have like huge, when you think of it, like on a large fridge or a freezer, the recycling fee is only $9.50. And, you know, on a, on a non-refrigerated appliance, it's it's like two fifty. So, you know, there the, the fees are quite low. The cost of the consumer is quite low because we use this market-based system and we don't, try to collect them all and bring them all back to one warehouse somewhere and process them. We use the, the network that already existed.
1: Right. And, and I guess it's one of those things when you, when you get charged with a recycle fee and a lot of people Mm -hmm. grumble at that, uh, we can actually realize we're getting off cheap.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there are, you know, there, there's fees in other jurisdictions and where they're, they're much higher than uh, they are in BC because they use a different type of system and, and, you know, we're unique in that way that we use this market-based system. And, and, you know, we're very proud of that, that we're able to keep costs low to the consumer and only pay what they have to pay for.
1: And speaking of this market-based system, you know, like, uh, like selling the scrap metal, I I'm guessing that things like scrap metal, the cost is always going up. Do you, do you find that it becomes more lucrative to recycle every year?
0: I think in the case of metal, if there's the the definitely like there's in our case the metal covers the costs, and if there's any extra value, like if let's say it's a hundred dollars a ton to transport it, and they're getting paid one hundred twenty dollars a ton, Mar doesn't take that money. Our our collectors, like the local governments, get to keep that profit. We don't take any of that money. We simply collect the fees to pay for their handling fees and to pay for the removal of the Freon gases and our, and our, like, admin costs. Like, you know, like, I get a salary, like, for example. Like, you know, but we're very lean. There's only two employees at Mar. Um, you know, we keep everything lean, and we try not to have high administrative costs. And, and uh, you know, so we don't take any of that money from the metal value. That goes to the collector. So if you're the Sydney of uh, Vancouver, uh, Surrey, you know, Quitlam, Burnaby, whoever's, uh, Metro Vancouver, if you're collecting that, uh, that metal and selling it, if there's any profit in it, they get to keep it to fund their, their costs, you know, of, right. of building those transfer stations. And, you know, it's not cheap to build a transfer station and a recycling depot these days, right? So...
1: Right. We're talking to Michael Zarbel, the executive director of MAR, and you can go to their website, marbc.ca, M-A-R-R-B-C.ca, and find out uh, everything you need to know uh, about where to go to to recycle your appliances and all that kind of stuff. And on your website, I see a lot of names that you're partnered with and a lot of really mm-hmm. big names like Home Depot and The Bay. Um, what What has it been like dealing with these big companies that sell all this stuff? uh t- t- how important is it for them to be on side
0: i think it's it's great working with them I've, I've really enjoyed working for mar these past five years i've been there and you know these large organizations that are are listed in our annual report and on our website they're on our board of directors so you know mar uh you know i represent the management of mar and we have oversight uh you know i have a board of directors. Uh, made up of people from large organizations like like, like Best Buy and um, you know the Bay, as you mentioned, and Home Depot, and you know manufacturers like Whirlpool, Samsung, uh, Danby. You know they're they're represented on our board, so they oversee and make sure that Mars is run uh, you know efficiently, and and everything is. Uh, we have third party auditors that review our books. It's all required under the the Environmental Management Act. So we have, uh, you know, it's great working with these companies though because they're progressive companies. Like they know it, how important the environment is, and large companies today want don't want their products associated uh, with bad environmental outcomes. You know, they're, they're, just like I don't want to see uh, an appliance sitting in, a, in in the woods somewhere. If you're a manufacturer or retail uh, retailer of large appliances, you don't want to see your product or name. Um, ending up in, in, in a, you know, somewhere where it's not being treated properly and gases aren't being removed. You know, it's probably one of the things in, in, in today's society, um, you know, everybody is expecting large companies to be responsible for their products and, you know, whether it comes, whether it's that beverage container that you're, you're buying and recycling at the return at Depot or whether it's your large appliance that you're dropping off or your used paint or light bulbs, you know, that's what uh, stewardship and extended producer responsibility is, is what we call it in the industry. That's what it's all about, where the producers are 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 being more responsible and managing the end of life of their products. You know, one of the things we do at Mar that uh, it, we're proud of is we set up a program these last few years where we're collecting and removing all the old mercury switches from old freezers and PCB capacitors and things that they used in the 60s and 70s that, you know, in those days the, the, there wasn't much of an awareness about the environment and the harmfulness of these chemicals and and they they made switches and components inside the appliance with some of these harmful um, you know elements and we're collecting them and and removing them and looking for those as well and, and, and making sure that those those things are being disposed of in a proper manner and not you know you don't want mercury leaking into the water supply and and so it's really great working with these organizations because they they want to do the right thing. And, you know, I'm very proud to say that, you know, we are, um, you know, doing the right thing and, and working towards better environmental outcomes.
1: Well, I wish you the best of luck. Mar is doing some great work and uh, I just uh, wish you all the best. And thank you very much for talking to us. Michael Zarbel, thanks so much.
0: Thanks, Martin. It was great talking to you.
1: Yeah, always good. So if you'd like to learn more, go to marbc.ca. It's M-A-R-R-B-C.ca. You can find out all the uh, places where you can go and recycle your appliances. And you just heard why it's so important. And, uh, and all the best to Mar in the, uh, in the coming years, because I'm sure they will play a huge role in keeping things, uh, clean in our environment. Uh, This is Vancouver Consumer. And when we come back, I've got some This Day in Vancouver History. And it was 1959 when the beach at English Bay got a huge makeover and it involved uh, a few tons of sand. I'll tell you that story when we return right after this. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And it's time now for some This Weekend in Vancouver History. It was June 5th. 1959, when it was announced that English Bay was going to get a makeover, they decided to bring in more sand and increase the size of the English Bay beach, making it four times as big since the 20s. About 70,000 cubic yards of beach sand had been dredged from the bay as part of a sweeping plan to beautify the coastline between English Bay and the Burrard Street Bridge. Other projects had also included the demolition of some West End waterfront properties and industry, knocking down the old English Bay Pier and the widening of the grass area just beyond the beach. But then, starting in 1959 and lasting over the next three years, all this new sand would be brought in and leveled and specifically cultivated into a 30-degree slope to make English Bay a great swimming beach. In an article from the Vancouver province from 1959, an unnamed Vancouver city councilor is quoted as saying, quote, they spend millions on Waikiki beach and we are getting the job done for $7,000, unquote. So I guess that was the price tag for this new plan announced in 1959, $7,000. The new sand for the beach would be dredged from the bottom of the inlet by public works and will total approximately 100,000 cubic yards by the time they're done with these new improvements to English Bay. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. I want to thank our guest this afternoon, Paul Lindsay from Macmillan Estate Planning. Remember, you can go to macmillanestate.com, sign up for one of their upcoming virtual seminars, and get your questions answered. If you've got some questions, uh, Estate planning questions. The next one is Wednesday, June 15th at 5 30 p.m. our time. Just go to mcmillanestate.com and also Michael Zarbel from uh, MAR, the executive director of the major appliance recycling roundtable. Just go to MARBC.ca to find out all the drop off locations and all the information you need. And you can hear Vancouver Consumer every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho. I'm Martin Strong. The news is coming up next.
0: The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.